This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Christopher Gonzalez in this particular instance. What is your name? Dustin Valcalda. And what would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? Uh, here in Reno, I am a DJ and dance instructor and kind of a choreographer. What of your dances might folks recognize the names of if you were to drop those as they type furiously into Copper Knob or Kick It or Line Dancer Web? Um, either Got Me Hooked or Feel the Electricity. Is Feel the Electricity the one that I saw most recently at Stoney's Rock and Rodeo? Yes, that Feel the Electricity. What got you into choreography of all things? Honestly, I just heard some songs that I didn't really see any dances that I liked to them and I just made my own so it's pretty much just out of wanting to dance to those songs you know that was that was fun that I found interesting so I just gave it a shot and put some stuff together and how long into your dance journey was it when you decided to start choreographing your own Uh, it's been about five years so I never really bothered with choreography until about a few months ago and I've been dancing for about five years now how were you first exposed to line dance? Um, I just went out with a group of my friends over to GSR. Um, it was after an Aces baseball game, and they're all like, let's go let's go dancing, let's go line dancing. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And at the time, I just needed something new to do in life, a new hobby. So I just ended up going and learning as much as I could. And then now here we are. Do you happen to remember what the first dances were that you learned or were excited to see? One of the first would probably be like Men in Black or Outlaw, you know, or Footloose. One of those three probably was one of the first ones that I learned because they're so simple, you know, and a lot of people learn those ones at the very beginning. And did you learn by picking them up on the floor? Did you go for step sheets or did you take lessons that are taught in the area? Uh, I probably learned those on the floor. They might have been taught by our old DJ, uh, Jamie G, but I honestly, I can't remember that long ago. Who were some of the instructors at that time? It was just Jamie G. Lawrence. So he was the, he was the DJ at GSR, and he uh, passed away a few years ago. So it was just him that I learned from. Yeah, GSR is the Grand Sierra Resort and Casino. Uh, is that in Reno or in Sparks? That is in Reno, I think. It's kind of on the edge. I think it's on the city limits of Reno and Sparks. And you teach there, I believe. I saw a graphic on the projector uh, advertising Thursday lessons with Dustin. When did that begin? Uh, about a year and a half ago, I started teaching over there. So, yeah, I teach there every Thursday night around 10, 10 o'clock, 10.30. So. And at what point did you decide, you know, I think I know these dances well enough think i'll give teaching a try what was it that sparked your your decision to teach uh honestly it was it started here at the little wall actually because i started djing here and i kind of used it as a, a way to get more people to come out and, and you know and so we could keep this place going you know and, and have country nights here because i like it here and i like the floor and kind of the freedom that they give me they don't really bother me here you know as far as management goes they're pretty hands-off so Little Wall is short for Little Waldorf Saloon. How would you describe an average night 
for folks who've never been here before? Like, who who's the DJ? Uh, what kind of dances are done? What kind of hours do you keep? What do you choose to teach? And who, like, what kind of demographic dances here? Uh, pretty much everybody that is, like, a regular line dancer comes here on Sunday nights to dance because we will do pretty much all sorts of stuff and, you know, pretty much all the popular line dances or the older line dances, you know, if people want to do that, like if the older line dance community comes in, I'll, I'll make sure to play stuff for them. And I, I try to pretty much be inclusive of everybody that comes here so I can, you know, so we can have a good audience and, and a, a diverse amount of dances that, you know, so you're not just bored all the time doing the same stuff. And you mentioned the floor. Was, was the floor redone recently? Yeah, about probably six months ago, I think, they redid the floor. So it's a lot nicer now than it was, but, you know, you make do with what you got. It's like one of the few raised wood floors that we have in Reno, so that makes it nice to dance here so you're not stomping your feet and, you know, blowing your knee out or something. It has a little bit of give, which is what I like about it. What sort of hours are held here on a Sunday as, you know, it's the day before people go back to work versus a Thursday through Saturday somewhere else? Uh, Thursday through Saturdays at GSR, they start at 10 p.m., which is late for a lot of people. Um, same with Novi, they start at 9 Fridays and Saturdays. And with here, with it being Sunday and a work day in the morning, uh, I wanted to make sure that we had, you know, you had enough time to dance and then get home and, you know, go to sleep at a decent hour if you were one of those people that works early Mondays. So we, we are here from 6 to 10 p.m., um, which is, you know, a big difference from the, the 10 p.m. or the 9 p.m. that we have at other venues in town. What was the process like for getting the approval to host a dance night at uh, the Little Waldorf Saloon? Like, did you have any kind of resume of... You're DJing in the past, or you're instructing in the past, or did they just kind of say, yeah, we got nothing going on on Sunday? Uh, I, I believe I started Fridays here, and all I really did was I came in, and we needed a new place to go because, um, you know, the, D, the old DJ at GSR was not doing well. I you know he was kind of driving it into the ground, and people were telling me, hey, you know all the dances, like, you, you know what you're doing, like, you should give it a shot. So finally I was like, all right. Well, I'll go, I'll go see what venues might be interested in a country night. And, you know, this was the first place I tried, and they were interested in it. So we ended up coming here, and we've been here for about two years straight now. And for, for folks in areas that don't have a local line dance bar, what did you do uh, to make that happen? Did you just give them a call and say, you know, I can guarantee this many people. Did you ever discuss cover charges? Cause I know when we came here tonight, there, there wasn't a cover. It was just a restaurant. And, and then you walk a few more steps and there's dancing. Um, they were, uh, they were pretty much just open to whatever, you know, they were willing to try anything and they don't usually have cover charges here. So, you know, we didn't really plan on that. It was just kind of like, let's see what happens. Let's see what kind of crowd we can draw in, you know, with our country nights and, um, you know, pretty much it's expected for people that, that come out dancing because most places in town don't have cover charges that you support the venue. You've got to support the venue. Otherwise, you know, they, you know, it won't stay open for business and that's, that's the big thing. So if there's no covers, you got to support the venue. And a lot of people that come here know that. And, you know, they, they have cheap specials here on Sundays. Like it's all day happy hour and things like that. So people don't feel like they're getting gypped out of their money when they go buy a drink. You know, it's like, three bucks instead of nine dollars at other places so 
Did you dance back at uh, CBQ and Gillies as well when those were still functioning and uh, and hosting line dance nights? I would dance at CBQ occasionally and at Gillies maybe once a week, um, if that. Uh, they were they were okay. Um, I think they needed more out of their their DJs and instructors to really kind of um, make things good. And I think Gilly's biggest issue, my, my issue with that place was their floor because it's such an awkward shape and, and just not well built that I didn't really enjoy going there as much. And it was a lot more live bands than anything else, which I more enjoy line dancing to specific songs and things like that so like dancing to live music wasn't really for me so i didn't spend a whole lot of time at gillies and at the time when i saw that they were no longer hosting those i had thought oh no you know maybe the scene is dwindling maybe people are no longer interested in line dance in the area and yet gsr looks strong like it's it's full of people uh, a lot of enthusiasm during the dances little waldorf is also you know, very energetic in any video I see Patsy Madero's posting on YouTube. And if it's not the, the scene hurting in any way, or if there was something you did to help turn it around, what, what exactly is it that you would attribute it to? What's the secret sauce that you've applied having seen other instructors, having seen other DJs, and having danced in other venues, what is it that you help to do here and at GSR that seems to have revitalized the entire uh, line dance scene through Reno Sparks? I would say a big part of it is just removing the monotony of it. So having good variety of dances and having fun dances that people enjoy doing is going to be more of a draw for them to come out and want to learn, you know, and continuously come out and and get better at these dances, you know, and and stylize them and make them their own. Um, The biggest thing I tried to do when I started DJing and, you know, teaching was to kind of universalize the dances we do here so that they kind of match, um, you know, our, our general area. So like Stoney's, for example, I'd go down there and I'd pick up a few dances and bring them back and I'd teach them here. So if we brought a big group to Stoney's, people could go out and they would know dances there. Or if people from Stoney's came here, you know, the same thing. They would, they would have some dances that they could do and come out and have fun. And the same, I would go down to San Diego and, and bring some dances back from there. So, um, And for a long time we had... It was really monotonous. It was a lot of basic dances. Nothing new was being taught. You know, like I said, after Jamie G passed away, we didn't have an instructor that was active in the the line dance community and trying to find new and fun things to do. So it got repetitive and really boring. And I think really what revitalized it would be, you know, just variety and having having those new dances and having the challenge of learning something new, you know, and and new music that you enjoy and, and things like that. Stonies, uh, the Stonies that you're referring to is Stonies Rock and Rodeo in Sacramento, and in San Diego, was it in cahoots in in um, in San Diego that you used to visit? Yeah, majority was in cahoots. Um, I've been to Moonshine Beach one time down there, and I think their their whole area pretty much does a lot of the the dances the same way, you know, and it's a lot of the same playlists. I think they may vary a, a slight bit, but I didn't go to Moonshine enough to really know. And it seems that um, over the last couple of years, I've seen 
various folks from Reno going back and forth from San Diego and less so to say the LA line dance scene or the San Francisco Bay Area what is it in San Diego that uh, that brings you guys all that way I have no idea. For me, it was my grandparents lived down there, so it was just where I would go. I would either go to In Cahoots or I would go to Stampede. And I like Stampede. You know, they have a great floor, but at certain points of the night, they just start kind of playing whatever, and they make it like like a high school dance style where you just do whatever on the floor, which eh, kind of kills the vibe for me because they just do it for too long. But um, In Cahoots was just the best place for me to go just to learn new dances and, and kind of discover new dances. And some of the dances I've seen that you guys teach here do, at face value, look challenging. And I could see how they might be intimidating for people who are even considering taking the lesson. Is there anything that you do to help maybe sell the lesson a little bit more? Or do you find that the interestingness of the step sells itself? During the lesson, is there anything that you kind of translate for them so that they understand a new pattern they've never done their uh, done with their feet before uh yeah whenever i start my lessons you know even if it's here at the little wall where i know it's all regulars you know if there's that one person that's new to dancing and trying to learn i will break down each step you know you know every time before i teach i will say all right here's your basic steps you need to know so here's a coaster step here's a pivot turn here's a triple step you know, here's a sailor step. So all those things that they would not have known before I even start teaching the counts, they will, you know, at least be educated towards, which I think helps a lot of people, you know. So when I'm saying, all right, you're going to do a triple step into a sailor or, what, you know, whatnot, um, you know, people will then kind of have an idea of it, at least of what I'm talking about. Because I think a lot of people will be intimidated because they just have no idea. But, you know, once you start learning and, and you kind of get those terms and you understand what you need to be doing when when the instructor says do a sailor step you know i think that helps them build a little bit of confidence and i think that helps them you know be engaged and want to come out and learn more it's part of the challenge you know and it can be intimidating for sure but i try to make it as easy as possible and i try to break it down as easy as possible and if anybody in the crowd wants to do the the eight count again i'm like all right everybody do it again because i don't think that repetition is going to hurt anything you know just doing that extra that extra one time through to make sure everybody's on the same level before we move on. So I just try to be inclusive, and I try to make it as easy as I can break it down, you know, and as as interesting as I can, I guess. And in shopping for new dances, how do you find that you discover the ones that you do end up teaching most reliably? Do you have favorite choreographers, or are there uh, channels on YouTube that tend to put out um, ones that you end up liking, or are there uh, Facebook groups that you're part of? What, what, uh, what brings the most dances to your eye that end up making it into a lesson here? Um, I'm part of a f- couple of Facebook groups. I don't browse them too much. Mostly I just, uh, once in a while, I'll, you know, I'll browse the top 10 on Copper Knob you know, or what's, what's popular, and I'll find stuff that way. Or a lot of times... Um, people will just contact me on Facebook and just send me a link and say, hey, what do you think of this dance? And, you know, if, like, if I like it and I like the song and I like the dance, I'll pretty much just learn it on my own and I'll start kind of demoing it when I'm out and seeing if people are interested in it. And if they are, then I'll move to that next step where it's like, all right, I'll teach this to you guys now, which, you know, kind of happened with the bounce. We, we kind of, somebody sent it to me and 
we learned it. We had a group come to my house and I think six of us learned it together. And so we started doing it out on the floor, you know, and people started, started showing a lot more interest in, um, learning that dance. So finally I was like, all right, well, this is like a more complicated dance. So I'm only going to teach it the one time. And so I taught it here at the wall one time. And, um, there was a lot of people here for that lesson. You know, it was a, it was a busy night for sure. So, and you know, more people are picking it up on the floor as it, as it's continued to grow in popularity. So it's pretty much just, if I see a, see a dance that I like, I'll, I'll, I'll learn it and, you know, I'll, I'll demo it and see how people react to it. And then I'll, that's, you know, that's the way that I'll know if I want to teach it or not, or if it's just one that like me and a few other people will do. One thing I've seen that you guys do here on Facebook is you post a whole month's list of lessons in advance. Two things I'm curious about. Uh, one, the Facebook poll for people to request a dance uh being taught or retaught, when did that come about? And also, by the end of the month, one's maybe enthusiasm about teaching a dance could have changed. How do you pick the four dances or possibly five dances that you will teach that month with the greatest confidence that you will want to teach those when the day comes? Well, as far as the community choice goes... It was just another way to get people engaged, and it, it was a good way. I teach a lot of new stuff. You know, I, I don't like to dwell too much on older things that a, a heavy majority of people know. If, if a lot of people know that one, you know, I feel like somebody can help them learn it, or you know, you can come out on the floor and you can try to learn it. But for those ones that that they just can't figure out or whatnot, or there's ones that we have kind of fallen out of circulation, I wanted to give people that option to kind of bring those ones back and, and give give the choice to the people and so that's been fun it's it's brought back a lot of fun dances um and as far as i don't remember what your second question was oh how do you how do you select dances that you're sure you'll still want to teach by the end of the month uh usually those dances sometimes in advance there'll be ones that i've i've looked at and i haven't quite learned yet so they'll be on my like to-do list to learn before i teach them um, others are just ones that I haven't taught previously and that I actually really enjoy doing. So I just kind of make it a, a, a priority to have a set list. And I like to, for people to know, you know, kind of what they're getting into. And part of, part of it for me, posting a, ho- a whole month beforehand is to give people a chance to maybe learn them on their own if they so choose or at least familiarize themselves with it so they're not so intimidated when they come out to a lesson because if you can kind of learn it at home and get the basic steps and, and be more confident when you come out and then solidify what you learned you know and cement that in your brain through a lesson you know and make sure you're doing it right and you know doing it on an actual floor with people then i think i it might not help people i don't know but i think it probably you know will maybe here and there even if it helps one person, you know, then it's it's worth doing, I think. I noticed that recently you put out a website. And on that website, you have a list of all the dances that are commonly done in the Reno area. And you even have links to step sheets or videos, in some cases if there isn't a step sheet, so that people can learn these dances on their own. What inspired that? I don't know just somewhere we didn't really have a place that made it easy to know what we do in the area because 
I think on my list alone, we have probably have 135 to 140 dances that, you know, that I know and, and that are done. A lot of them are done in this area. So for say for new people that move here, you know, I wanted it to be a good place for people to go and be like, all right, well, it was this song. It was, you know, it was country girl shake it. And, you know, they can go on the website and look up, look up on the list that dance and you know i link out to either a video or a step sheet of it and it makes it just a good place for people to to go and learn or 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 find the name of a dance that they they maybe not didn't know the name or you know it's and it's a good way there's a lot of dances that i've you know i'll forget a certain step you know but i know the dance i know the name of it so it's i can find that dance easily find that step sheet and go all right what did what did i what am i missing here and it, it it's just a, a good i thought it would be a good learning tool for our community because we didn't really have anything like it you know and people i, I think people you know will find use out of it so that, that was my idea behind it. it was just something useful for the line dance community to to use you know or even if you want to pull it up when you're out dancing, if you can't think of a, a dance you want to request, you know, it's a good place for uh, a, a full list of the dances that we do. And, you know, it could spark your mind on, oh, yeah, I want to do this dance. You know, I, we haven't done this one in a while and we should do this one. So it, it was just a, a whole mix of things. And, and I brought it all together and tried to make it as simple as possible for multiple uses. And in an age when so much is done via existing sites like Facebook or Instagram, this site is standalone, and it seems to have been built from the ground up. Did you hire somebody to do it, or is this a, a creation of your own? No, I just I designed it through Squarespace. So um, I did a lot of the graphics and stuff like that for the website, but um, you know, I used a I used a a website that makes it easy to build your own website. And I I basically just built that for, um, a side business of mine and added that, that, that part of it into it as well. What can you tell me about this side business? Um, well, since I'm a DJ here in town, so I DJ at the little wall, I'll DJ down at Carson lanes on Tuesdays. And I have just been hired at Novi for Fridays and Saturdays to do their line dancing as well. Um, but I also, want to kind of break more into the wedding scene so um it's just kind of a a mix of a bunch of different things on there you know it's just a place pretty much that advertises all the different things that i do around here now i have not been to carson lanes myself what would you say the makeup of dancers and dances is like there compared to the places i have been like uh, grand sierra resort or little waldorf saloon uh, you'll get a lot of the same people. It's kind of a mix, but there there's definitely a different crowd down there as well that you'll find. But um, the one thing I like about Carson Lanes is, especially for new people, they're very beginner-friendly. So from 6 to 7 p.m., you know, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they have beginner hours, and that's probably the best place you can go to, like, learn all the basic basic line dances and kind of start your journey into line dancing if you're just starting out they're very um helpful and they usually do you know one lesson a night at least for beginner hour if not two and um the owner down there teddy 
she'll usually be out on the floor and she'll be calling out the steps and trying to help people through these dances as well. So it's very beginner friendly, but then they bring me down there and I try to bring down kind of what we're doing in Reno so that they're not kind of missing out if they want to drive up to Reno from down there and have a night out up here. So you've got Tuesday and Wednesday at Carson Lanes, Thursday through Saturday at GSR, Friday and Saturday at Novi, and Sunday at Little Waldorf Saloon. Is there any dancing on Monday nights? Not as far as I know. Uh, On Monday nights or night off, I guess. What would you say you would like to see for the Reno Sparks scene, say, in the next five years or or so? I I remember talking with Max a couple years ago, and he was describing when the scene looked different, you know, what he would like to see. A lot of it's actually happened. So maybe by putting it out there, some of this uh, may manifest. What would you hope for your your line dance um, zone? Uh, I think personally I would like a place probably more outside of the casino realm that's more a, a dedicated dance hall. You know, it's one thing I like about the wall here is we're not connected to any casino, so we're not getting that those crazy, you know, drunk people that are just walking around the casino and kind of walk in and, and just run into you and don't care, you know, what's really going on and don't don't care about etiquette. So that that might be one of the biggest things is just a a good dedicated dance, you know, hall that we have that that has a good floor and, and you know, and has a good DJ in it. Now, how did the projectors come to um, play into the GSR nights? Because you mentioned etiquette, and during some dances where there are partner dancers going around the outside and line dancers in the middle, there will be a projection of like the flow of travel and where the different dancers should be so that they don't run into each other. Uh, during other dances, there will be like a music video. Uh, sometimes there will be an advertisement for the lessons. How did the visual side of the, the line dance nights there start up? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I think that came with Jeremy. Um, I th- and they had the projector up there and all that, um, I think back when Colt was in there. And maybe when Jamie was there too, but I think Jeremy was the first one to really start utilizing it, you know, kind of as a a music video kind of thing so he can play the songs and you can look up and watch the music video if you so choose. I'm not sure how many people actually pay attention to like when he puts up those those dance etiquette, you know, slides that he has, but maybe they do, but I don't, you know, if if people are stumbling in there and, you know, don't know the etiquette, I'm not sure they're looking up and reading and and caring about that too much. How do you manage the uh the dancers or guests that may have more trouble focusing during a lesson or uh, or staying off the floor if they aren't so balanced at the time that they uh, attempt to pick something up? Mm, during lessons, uh, I try not to be too hard on people that are, um, you know, being too crazy. I mean, if they're, like, out of control, you know, it's like... I might say something to them and be like, hey, guys, like, try not, you know, have, have your fun, but kind of stay out of everybody's way. You know, they're trying to learn. So um, as far as while we're dancing, that's a whole other thing. I mean, you're going to get that everywhere where, you know, people are, don't know what they're doing. And, and, you know, the biggest thing, I guess, is if you're a, 
an like a, a seasoned dancer, you pretty much kind of just learn to to watch those people and you you mind your own space, you know. And if they're going to run into you, you you pretty much just kind of move around them, or you can just relocate yourself, you know, to another part of the floor if they're if it's really bad and they're not paying attention and and really bothering you, just kind of move around and 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 let them have their space, especially if you know there's room on the floor somewhere else. What would you say the experience is like here where you are both DJ and instructor and you're, you know, running out to dance and then also running back to do the next song versus sharing the responsibilities at a place like GSR where you, there is a, a DJ already installed, I guess you could say, and, and all you have to focus on is what you're teaching and then you're free for the night. You can just dance. Uh, what, what are those experiences like for you, one versus the other? Eh, they're about the same. I mean, it's a little more work here for sure. You know, it keeps me a lot busier. And like you said, once I'm done teaching over there, then I'm pretty much free to do what I want. Whereas here, I'll be done teaching, and then it's like, all right, back, switch back to DJ mode, and you know, you know, know my crowd and, and know what to play for them. So, but I, I pretty much treat them the same. I mean, even when I'm over at GSR and I, I I'm done teaching, I I generally hang around so that I can at least run people through the dance one more time, you know, and, and be on the stage, you know, just in case there's tags or restarts that people might not be familiar enough with yet that they they still need me to call it out or if they just aren't familiar enough with the dance yet that I can be up there on the stage and kind of help them through it so I don't feel like I'm quite off work when I'm done teaching over there but that's kind of by choice just because I want to make sure you know people learn as as much as they can you know and have it down as much as they can because I might not be there the next few nights to to help them through it. I've heard from some DJs that can be challenging accepting requests when it feels pushy or like you don't know what you're doing. And I'm curious, how do you manage both the rotation to make sure that you know, everyone's out there and they're all they're all dancing a little bit, as well as when people start kind of coming up in your space? Like, how do you how do you keep the night light and you know mellow while still having things like that occur? Um, generally, depending on my crowd, I'll I try to I break my playlist down into sets. So I'll do generally my rule of thumb is like I'll do four line dances and then I'll do like a circle couples dance and a few two steps. You know, or sometimes I'll mix you know two circles dances in there depending on you know who's around. You know, I have to know my crowd, but I'll I'll try to break it down. You know, that four line dances, three couples dances, and when I'm Doing the line dances, I try to be inclusive of, you know, the beginner dances, so everybody gets out there at least one or two dances, and then, you know, the improver, and then maybe the more intermediate or advanced dances. So kind of, I try to make it inclusive to everybody, which some people may not like, you know, but you've, you've kind of got to play to your crowd and your, your whole crowd. So, and that means your advanced dancers and your beginners, because, you know, they're all there and they're all there to want it they want to have fun there you know and if you leave any of them out they're going to get frustrated and eventually that means they're not going to show up anymore so my biggest thing is just try to be inclusive to you know to everybody that's out there dancing by just making a good mix you know of, of beginner to advanced is there any general message that you would like to put out to the entire line dance universe, all, all the folks who might be listening now? Like, imagine if you're if you're driving down the freeway and you look up and you see a message of some kind, you're like, oh, 
I had to think about that. I had to take that home and maybe try try that out myself. Is there anything that you'd want to put into the minds of line dancers everywhere? To line dancers, I don't know. More just to general people that might have an interest in it. I would just say get out on the floor and try it. You know, and, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. You know, but at least give it a fair shake, and you might find something that you really enjoy out of it, and it might become a new hobby. You know, in my case, and in the case of a lot of people that I've met throughout the years now that weren't dancers in the start and now, you know, they're all part of this, this community, you know, it all starts with us getting out on the floor and just trying it and looking like, you know, we might look stupid for a little while, but eventually you get good and you, you, you improve and you, you learn a lot, you know, and you build that confidence. And I, I see that in a lot of people, especially, you know, when I started out, I wouldn't say I was the most confident guy. You know, I didn't talk much. I, was pretty shy and it's it's changed a lot for me you know because now here i am kind of at the head of a lot of things you know and and trying to keep the scene going and and make it as inviting as i can you know you you don't know what it's going to do and you don't know how it'll change your confidence once you start learning these things which in turn you meet a lot of new people and you experience a lot of new things so just get on the floor give it a shot you know don't be afraid to, to look silly or whatnot because even a lot of the advanced dancers, even I get out there and I'll mess up at times. Or, you know, I'll just throw silly, stupid things into my dances just to get a laugh out of people, you know, so people don't take it too serious. Are there any shout-outs or gratitudes that you'd like to give to folks who have been with you along this journey? Any fellow dancers or instructors that you've learned from, anything like that? Uh... No, pretty much just all my friends that that have consistently come out and you know had positive attitudes and and kind of pushed me and challenged me um, to to be better. You know, um, you know we also I also teach a couples dance class with the local community college with my girlfriend Kylie. So I'm thankful to have her around to help me out. She really she's stepped up and she's helping teach that class. You know, which kind of takes a load off my back because I'm very busy with a lot of the things going on you know around town and that's that's another one thing on top of everything else that i have to be prepared for so she helps take a load off so i'm thankful for her but just you know all my friends and everybody that sends new dances or you know learns a new dance and pushes me to learn and and keeps you know keeps it challenging and keeps it fun you know like i i'm thankful pretty much to all my friends that that do that all right now if if somebody wanted to friend you on facebook what's the best way that people could contact you and find you uh just search dustin valcalda and you'll, you'll find me i'm sure i'll pop up on. How, do you, how do you spell that uh d-u-s-t-i-n valcalda v as in victor a-l-c-a-l-d-a and what was the name of your website and how do you spell that is deviousentertainment.com so you can either spell it d-v-i-o-u-s it's a play on my initials or you can just type in devious the way it's normally spelled d-e-v-i-o-u-s entertainment.com uh both will take you to the same place that's smart having them both uh, direct you there yeah well that came from somebody that came from a, a friend he recommended it um a guy down in san jose so all right the big question the big question of all the dances that are out there, of all the dances that exist, all the dances in line dance history, could be one of your own, could be a classic, could be new, new and exciting. Of all the dances that are out there for people to learn, which one would you recommend that everyone go out and learn 
right now? Hmm. I think one of my dance, my favorite dances right now, still, even after I've known it for probably a year and a half to two years now, is "Chase That Dollar." But that's that's one. It's phrased. It's you know, it's challenging, and it it's just fun. The song is fun. It's upbeat. You know, it's hard to like if you're if you're mad about something you know that happened earlier in the night it's hard to like do that dance and just be like walk off the floor and still be mad about it so it's it's a mix of the 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 song is really fun the dance is like a phrased challenging dance and it's i just you know i have a lot of enjoyment with that dance so i'd recommend that one sounds good all right well thank you very much for sitting down and chatting lion dance with me here on lion dance podcast Until next time, I'll see you on the dance floor. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We'll see you soon.